When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Off The Bench Summer Edition. All the big news and views from sport. Hello, welcome to it. Another edition of Off The Bench, the show that stars... Well, not starring, I think that's a little bit egotistical. Uh, Scotty Sattler. He's such a big hunk of spunk. And Jason Matthews here with Off The Bench. I'm never going to get sick of that, you know that. <laughs> Uh, welcome to to the show. Big news uh, this week in the world of rugby league. Uh, there's been lots going on. Uh, Rat's been a part of it. You've been a part of it. I've been a part of it. Julian King's been a part of it. Everyone's had a crack at this show this week, so welcome to it. The best bits from Sports Day throughout the week. Now, you and Rat caught up with Dally M medal winner and Knights captain Callum Ponga. Great chat, this. Really good chat. Uh, this guy, when he first came into the league, uh, and take the Cowboys out of it because he made his debut in a final against the Broncos, I think it was. But then when he went down to Newcastle, he was still that free and easy kid that really didn't take rugby league that seriously. Admitted he doesn't actually watch a lot of rugby league. But as he's progressed through the years and obviously matured now to be a not only a Dalian medal winner, but most importantly, the captain of his club. Mm. A much well-rounded, balanced young man. He's It's a really good chat, actually. He has a bit of a laugh at himself. He's... But his his responses now are, yeah, they're they're, uh, they're yeah they're pretty yeah they're pretty on point when it comes to you know when it comes to where he's at in, in his career and his life. You and I caught up with uh, Justin Holbrook, the Roosters assistant coach, the PNG national coach as well. We talked to him about a few things, re PNG rugby league and also the Roosters as we head into the season and the Melbourne Rebels have gone into voluntary administration. Rats and uh, Rat and Julian King. Caught up with uh, Rugby Australia CEO Phil Ward, his former teammate. Uh, we'll give you all the racing info for Queensland with Chris Nelson. But before we get into that, the dig segment, thanks to Sherlock Wilbarrows. Uh, view, the, view the range at sherlocklastlonger.com.au. I'm having a dig at the Chiefs making uh, the Super Bowl because it means more Taylor Swift. I love Taylor get Swift. Out of my, get out of my American football. What, what, she's the that's biggest. My, that's she's my, one of the biggest stars on the planet. No, because now I've got the girls interested, and I just that, that was my. That's exactly thing. what is so great about the NFL is that they've got these uh, these young mm. viewers now. That's exactly what they need. All right. Apparently, three hundred and forty million dollars she's bought to the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. I'm digging that as well. From the job site to your backyard, lighten the load with Sherlock. Available at Bunnings Warehouse. How does I'm digging? I'm digging Shamar Joseph. Like in a good way. Oh, yeah. West Indian fast bowler. Seven foot with a broken Five toe. foot nine. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Rightio, uh, to kick off the show this week, here's Kalen Ponga. Quick thinking. Oh, fast on his feet too. Speaking of fast on his feet, Ponga is cutting them to ribbons. Now he takes Campbell on. Oh. Kalen Ponga. What a game he is having. There's his best play. Do you know what? There are some players in the game, Rat, over the years. Phil mm. Blake, Brett Kenny. People that even if you don't watch or follow the club, they make you watch the game. Oh, absolutely. Reese Walsh. And this yeah. man, 
is one of those. Of course, listening to the audio then, it's Kalen Ponga, the Dalian medal winner from 2023 and also skipper of the Newcastle Knights, joins us on Sports Day. How are you, Kalen? Good, boys. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. No, no. Thank you very much for... Uh, I know you're very much in demand, mate, because uh, you are the face of that club and, and the NRL at the moment. So we're really appreciative of your time. But before we get anything around the season, the summer, what does... What does the summer hold for Kale and Ponga? Like, what do you get up to when you're not when you're not training? Um, off season, off season was pretty good. Um, we had a we got to celebrate a couple of the boys' weddings, and obviously got away from the game for a little bit, and uh, tried to get fit before preseason because we only had like a three week, three and a half week block before Christmas, which for a lot of our boys <laughs> we've never had that, so that was quite nice. Um, but at the moment, it's just yeah, enjoying tra- tra- training hard. All the boys are fit. Um, it's the best time of the year, I reckon. It's there's no pressure on you. It's just working hard with your mates, and I'm um, looking forward to playing some footy. Well, we were talking to you off air about golf because you know how much you love your golf. But what are you playing off at the moment? Are you, are you getting out on the course that much? Uh, I'm getting back into it now. I had I had last year off uh, playing golf, um, but I'm off six. So I, I was off five two weeks ago, um, so I'm getting worse apparently. So did, did you get a lesson? It's good fun. Did you get a lesson or something? And you're, need, you're trying to incorporate something, or is what what is it that's blowing you out? Just a just... bit of rust, a bit oh. of rust from not playing for every year. So that's what I'll, I'll blame it on. But um, it's good. We've got we've got probably eight to ten boys that um, all sort of sitting around that 10, 10 handicap, ten, yep. eleven, twelve. So. Um, it's good competitive fun and there's a bit of money on the line every now and then, which is fun. Nice. I'll, I'll tell you what, when I played and I played golf, mm. it was the hardest time to play golf because every you, you, go, you go to a training session and something's hurting. You rock up the next day, you, you try to have a game of golf, you've got to change your swing to get a crook shoulder or your wrist is a bit sore or your ankle's sore. So, mate, I'll tell you, when you retire, and, and don't retire soon because we love watching you play footy, but when you retire, <laughs> mate, I can I can see you off plus figures, mate, for sure. So, um, should be good. But we, no. we were talking about uh, off-air an NRL golf tournament. If we had two representatives from each club and we put them together in a in a tournament, we think it would be unreal. Who, if, if you were one of the members from yeah. Newcastle, who would you pick to take with you? Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I'd probably take... The one spot, we've got some. We've got some keen. What's the what's the format? If it's stable food, I'd take probably Gags. Yeah, he can shoot. We we're talking off air, but he could shoot. He can shoot three over for eighteen, or he can shoot thirty. But <laughs> we, we, we give him. Greg, Greg Bird disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'd take him. Um, but off the stick, Riley Jones, young fellow. He's probably he's off seven, I think. So mm, nice. Um, it just depends. Depends on what day and and and, and the form what we need, right? Yeah, heard he hit some. Well. Yeah, heard he hit some really well. Now yeah. I'm looking across at my colleague here, Kalen, and he's got that much ink on his body. Sometimes I don't think he knows what's actually <laughs> on his body. But what happened over the over the <laughs> summer? Did you get any new ones? Because did I see something? You got something on the back of your on your neck? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty spontaneous with my tattoos. Um, they're not very well thought out. <laughs> I wish my mum doesn't probably like to hear, but um, yeah, I want to. I'll, I'll eventually get my back done. My, a lot of mine are just sort of spare at the moment, something that's relevant at that point in time, and don't really have much meaning at face value. But when, if yeah, but once if you ask me what they mean, I'd, I'd probably say nothing. But they do mean stuff. Oh, um, maybe, the, maybe you got one. I've got some ones that I'd, I'd, 
take back. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> We've all got some of those, mate. We've all got some of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but they're on me for, for good now. So, I remember you know, we, it is that. we interviewed you a while ago and you said the two gl- champagne glasses clinging together was represented you and Connor Watson drinking wine in COVID. Was that right? <laughs> Yeah, that was a that was COVID period. Yeah, that's a pretty good memory. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that was yeah that was that period. I've got I've got others from Connor that I'll take back, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, I enjoy it. I like I, I like my tattoos. It's definitely it's it's on me for good. It's the process, it's isn't it, Kalen? It's like someone said to me, "Does do they hurt?" I said, "Yeah, but if they didn't hurt, I wouldn't get them." It's the whole process of the yeah, design, it going a, on your body, and a little bit of pain, and yeah. Yeah, there's definitely something in that. They are addictive, but unfortunately, because of footy, I can only really get them in off season. So I try and cram a few in, <laughs> yeah. which I think most I think most of the footy boys do. Mm. Now, did you watch Play School as a kid or not? Oh, very, very. Uh, my memory of of Play School is very faint, uh, but I did I did watch it. Yes, and I always sort of even growing up, and even getting older. Um, you know, when I was asked to do play school, I thought it was quite a, I knew it would be a different experience, but kind of, uh, not prestigious, but something different for me and, and a pretty cool thing to do. Um, you know, actors go on there, sort of, you know, big people in, mm. a bit, I guess, big social media people, I guess, or, or actors and whatnot. So I thought it was a bit of a different scene for me, but yeah, it was, it was cool. It was, it was different. I loved it. Oh, yeah. I, oh I, love, I love it because connecting with that younger demographic, I, I the NRL themselves should be week, sitting yeah. back and going, you know what, this is a this brilliant. A, this is brilliant. Actually, it's a great idea. Did yeah. it come through the NRL, Kalen, or did did you did they approach you directly? Um, uh, my manager, my manager. So I I have a commercial manager. Yeah. Um, he he just put, uh, yeah like most things he just put it to me and uh, yeah I, I was a little bit like. Um, Am I actually doing it? Like, am I actually reading it, or what do they want me to do? Um, but yeah, once I got there and sort of, I was nervous. Um, I was extremely nervous, to be honest. It was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, but it was fun. It was good. Was dealing with some of the kids on play school like dealing with some of your teammates in the dressing sheds? <laughs> <laughs> it was more. It was more the acting side of it. So. Obviously, the, the the I had Big Ted, Little Ted, and Morris, and you know they don't talk or anything. But I had to talk to them and had to, you know, like yeah, right. you know, like make conversation with them and and be. It's all part of the, the um, I guess the play, I guess, yeah. of being on it. But um, yeah, that was different for me. Obviously, the acting side of things, and um, you know, having to read a book in front of. All these people, I just, it was a little bit, and stare at the camera and, and read a teleprompter and, and whatnot. It was all different for me, but it was a good experience. I good definitely stuff. enjoyed it. Yeah, good, mm. good work, mate. So, Valley M Player of the Year, um, mate, what does that do to to you as a player? Does it, does it, I guess, build more confidence in you? Does it put more pressure on you? Have you forgotten about it and you're just worried about it this year now? Where are you after winning that award last year? Um, yeah, it was obviously a special award and, mm. um, I haven't really been asked too much about it, but I guess the reason it's special for me, I, I felt like it was, um, when I won the award, I felt, I feel like a lot of other people would have been proud to know that they had their hands on that award as well. Mm. Um, in terms of like teammates, coaches, a lot of people at the club, family, friends, 
you know, I won the award, but uh, I do feel like it's because of their their hand on me throughout the year, preparing me for each game mentally and physically and just getting me right for every game. So I definitely think that a lot of people would have felt proud mm. in that sense. Hey, Kalen, Jack Cogger, I've always been a really big fan of him. Watching him as a teenager, always, you always knew there was something special there. Now, he's been at the club before as a young man. He's still a young man now, but... But he's coming back as a far more mature player and, of course, a premiership ring as well. So, Coach Adam O'Brien, has he, has he had him in one position in pre-season or has he tried to use his versatility a little bit more? Uh, it's been a good battle, to be honest, uh, between Colgs, Jacko and Punter. I mean, uh, Tyson Gamble, we call him Punter. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's been a good battle between those three. It's been healthy. Um, they're getting the best out of each other. Cogs, yeah, he was here the first time... Um, when, when I first got here, he was here, and he's definitely grown. I mean, as we all have, but yeah, just his mindset um, towards the game, you can definitely see that he's been in a good system there at Penrith, and, and you're probably the reason why he's won the chip. But yeah, I think uh, he's definitely carried that through here. He's rubbing off on the boys, and just his mentality, like it, it's a, it's a it's a winning mentality, really, mm-hmm. um, and that's what we need in this club. Well, you, you certainly got some some depth in areas now. Based on you know, I mean, you look at the injury to Jaden Braley, and we want to, want to ask you about Jaden Braley in just a moment. But Phoenix Crossland came in last year and just did a wonderful job there in the nine jersey, and really started to get better and better as the season went on. So when you look at you know you, um, punter and and you've got Jack Cogger and you've got Phoenix Crossland, is Jaden Braley back training? Um, because he would, I would assume, go into that number nine jersey if he's fully fit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Browse, um, yeah, it's been unfortunate what's happened to Browse over the years. And uh, one thing about Browse is he's never, he's always been supportive and wanted what's best for the club, wanted what's best for the boys. And, you know, last year when he was out for so many games, it could have been easy for him to feel left out and, and that sort of rub off on the boys. But he definitely never uh, indicated he felt that way. And definitely coming back, you can see that he, he wants to be a part of it. He wants to add to it, he, and he wants to he wants to win, uh, which he, I think he deserves. But yeah, he works hard. He's one of the hardest working. He's consistent. Now I remember some of the contracts over the years, Rat. I don't. I remember when I was out of Penrith. I think Matty Adamson was told he wasn't allowed to go snow skiing because he. I think he did his knee mm. snow skiing once. Yeah, there's a lot of clauses put in contracts. Oh, now. Are you are you allowed to ride your skateboard around Newcastle now that you're? <laughs> Captain and Dally. No, I'm not. You're not. <laughs> I'm not. Off it. I'm not. And Ad Danny lives, lives down the road too, so I can't get around. <laughs> in this suburb in one. Uh, I've got a bike too, and I'll yeah, wear my helmet. I do all the right things. No, nah, I don't. <laughs> like skateboarding, snowboarding. Um, it's all out. I think surfing's okay, but I can't yeah. surf. So, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, but it is, it, you do have to have in mind what the priority is and yep. the, the risks with all that. So I've definitely given given up on that sort of stuff. We had a great year in 2023, the Knights. Of course, you guys wouldn't be happy with that. Uh, out in week two to the New Zealand Warriors. And I've got no doubt it'll be a far more mature side mm. in 2024. And you host the Raiders in round one on Thursday, March 7. Of course, that's the Thursday after Vegas. I uh, really appreciate you coming on um, leading into the season. And i uh, got no doubt 2024 is going to be another big year for yourself. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition.
was out from the try line. Holbrook, Holbrook gets a try on Daboo. The halfback scoots over. Newcastle get try number one. Cheers, we had to go back to the archives to dig that little beauty up, didn't we? Oh, you know what? And I've spoken about this before. He, the Newcastle nice Joey was out one day and they played the Brisbane Broncos in front of 70,000 at Marathon Stadium. <laughs> and our next guest put an absolute <laughs> clinic on this day. And he did. And he's now the, he's now the, he's the PNG, well, incumbent. National coach. National coach. Yep. And he's also the assistant coach at uh, the Roosters. No doubt we've interrupted him having a yak milk latte yeah. in Bondi somewhere. Mm. One of our favourites, Justin Holbrook. Welcome to Sports Day. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us, uh, Justin. It's again, it's weird calling you Justin, but um, you've you've been in Sydney before with uh, with coaching roles. You're, you're back there now with the family. You're settled in. Everything going okay? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, obviously we yeah we've lived here before before we went to England, and um, yeah, it was a bit of a long transition. The family finished school, all the kids finished school, obviously up at, up at the Gold Coast, but all down here now and settled and and looking forward to, to this season. So your experience with the PNG side through the Pacific Championships, how'd you find that? Mate, it was awesome. I, I obviously loved it. Um, you know, after you know finishing up w- with the Titans and, and not doing nothing for for a couple of months, it was a great opportunity to to get back into coaching. And and obviously, as everyone talks about up in up in PNG, they are very fanatical about the game, and um, it just brought a lot of excitement back into me. You know, to go up there with the responsibility of of being their national coach and, and having the Pacific uh, test up there. Um, I went up there first of all for their local Digicel Cup Grand Final. Um, I'd never been before, so I wanted to get up there and get a bit of a lay of land and see what it was like. And, and the game itself was a great experience. So obviously then a couple of weeks later up there for the PM's um, game against the Aussies, and that was, was fantastic. Obviously, you, know, you saw when the Aussies arrived, they were like rock stars and um, we put in a really good performance and had a couple of weeks off and then the Pacific Test and, and were good enough to, to beat Fiji in the final. So it was, a, it was a great experience. One I really enjoyed, you know, just hearing about the, the local players and, and obviously their, their tough upbringings and their limited rugby league and how late they, they are in age of playing. And, um, you know, it was very humbling and, and enjoyable and, and, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I, I did it. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive privilege. Now, I've had mates that have been involved with the Fijian side, whether it's the men's or the women's. And coming from Australia, obviously, you've got to go through some sort of um, – they call it hazing some state in some countries, don't they? Where they basically just had to try the – yeah, some of the local delicacies. And in Fiji, of course, it's the kava, the drink. So with you, did, <laughs> did you try the betel nut? <laughs> no, I didn't, mate. And uh, the players, uh, yeah, they, they call me a bit of a sook for not trying it, but I'm <laughs> um, jokingly. But no, I didn't try it. No, obviously it's um, yeah, pretty uh, popular out there with the locals. But um, no, no, I didn't, uh, didn't worry about that. So that's... Hey, uh, Justin, after having you, you know, the experience of coaching the national side, if, if PNG gets that 18th licence, would you be putting your hand up, do you think, down the track to, to coach the first grade team? I'm not too sure. I um, obviously loved, as, as I just said, I love coaching the, the Kummels in the national competition, um, you know, against Fiji and the Cook Islands and, and the Australians. So I really enjoy that. As for if they're the, the new franchise, I'm not sure. You know, they'll, they'll have a, a process of their own if they, they get the nod and, and become the 18th team. Um, so I'm not, not looking too far down the track with that. But I will say I, I hope they do get in. I think one thing they've got, um, they got a lot of sort of corporate backing up there. They're, they're very well resourced up there with 
with their land and then they got some really sort of oh, I guess um, well off companies that would get right behind and I think even when we played the games the corporate areas were the ones that sold out instantly and, and obviously then the, the, the general public um, you know they, they don't, obviously don't earn a lot of money up there but, but in terms of the top end there's there's some good financial backing behind them and obviously as you all know you know the Australian government will, I'll, I'll, I'll help out there so I think um, I, I'd love to see them get in I think there's enough players up there that they can make a real force of it. They've got to be out. Oh, there's probably 10 or 11 now over in Super League next season. So, um, you know, there, there's enough talent there that in a couple of years' time, they, they'd be ready to be. And, and I think it'd be great for the game, as I said, to, to witness it up there briefly and just see how passionate they are. And, and that's only in, in the capital there of Port Moresby. They, they reckon up in the Highlands is just even more crazier for rugby league. And we didn't have time to, to get up and visit up there. So, um, look, I... I you know, I hope they do get in, and but as for yeah, sticking the end up, I'll, I'll just yeah, wait and see what what happens down the track. Imagine being a referee that referees a game if they did get in the NRL, <laughs> and you gave them a decision that lost them the game. I wonder if they'd let you back through customs. There's no way in the world they let you out of the country. <laughs> well, it's quite, it's quite funny because they make sure one thing. I, you know, I wouldn't say I didn't like, but they make sure the the visiting teams are really well looked after. Like we had some great dinners with Fiji and the Cook Islands, and they put on a big show. I was just saying the opposite. I was saying like you said, no, no, just put them in the, the local rough hotel and give them a rough. You know, but, but they found it. They're lovely people there. They really embraced it. You know, you would have seen like Makasivo and guys like that. They, they were just like gods up there, even though they're from Fiji. And I'm thinking, hey, we're playing these blokes. Don't, don't be uh, so nice to them, but. Um, but yeah, hopefully if they get in, um, yeah, it'd be nice if the referees were a bit uh, biased towards them. It'd be good. One of my favourite nightclubs over there, the Lamana Hotel. It's amazing. You've got a favourite I for a bloke it. who doesn't drink. You've got yeah. a favourite nightclub everywhere. <laughs> well, you are the I most love, boring person I know. I love the dance. I love the dance. Now you're back at the Roosters, uh, <laughs> Justin, and you've worked with Trent Robinson before. But now you've gone away. You've experienced head coaching in the UK and also at the Titans, and you come back under Trent Robinson again as an experienced as a coach as what he is, do, do you still see a guy like him evolving in, in different parts of the game since you've returned? Like, have you no, is there any noticeable you know, nuances in his coaching? Oh, definitely. I Trent, Trent's someone that's always looking to get better. And I mean, the, the work ethic and all that's still the same. He, he's very detailed. Um, you know, as, as you mentioned, I've been there before. So my first time around, I've, I've sort of said previously, I was grateful for the opportunity to work at the Roosters. And now coming back there, I, I feel it's in a different space. Like Trent's obviously, you know, needs a bit more help there, and you know they haven't had the best of, of years for their standards of Roosters. So, in terms of my experience going out, as you mentioned, England and Gold Coast, I feel like I've come back a, a better coach um, for the Roosters, and I'll do my role there. But yeah, Trent's always um, looking at ways of getting better, and you know, learning and things like that. So asks a lot of questions and, and gets a lot of opinions from the rest of his staff. But in the end, you know, he's obviously a great leader and has been for a long time. Now, Justin, we were looking at the predicted round one game, a team for the Roosters. And, and let's just throw Jared Warrior Hargraves in there for argument's sake. But he's it, not playing. Yeah, no, when it comes to round two, round three, whatever. It's, it is one of the most impressive sides on paper. We were talking about earlier on. And one of the noticeable differences, of course, is you've got Joseph Suali on one wing, potentially. And then Dom Young on the other, coming from Newcastle. Oh. I mean, he's been a great inclusion. What's he like up front as a just as an athlete? Yeah, you'd love him, Sats. He's a, he's a great specimen. He's a um, big, big, good-looking man. He's, um, 
if he was uh, if he was a thoroughbred, you'd you'd pay millions of dollars for him. So look, Dom's um he's just got that that physique that he's blessed with as as well as um, electrifying speed. So um, yeah, he's um, and as you said, Joseph um, Sully, he's he's an absolute athlete as well. The guys can um, you know they they can jump so well, and and obviously Toops has been doing it for. For ten or twelve years, so we're we're blessed with with athleticism in the outside backs, that's for sure. And obviously, it's uh, from really enjoyable to guys sort of run around and and do what they do. It's it's yeah, going to be an exciting exciting year for us um, at the Roosters, and and obviously the other sort of new recruit Spencer oh. um, Lenu, like he's just he's so powerful. You just sort of watch him at training and. Um, yeah, he's, he's really impressive. So, look, every every side's, you know, we all know that. Everyone's happy with pre-season. They've always trained hard and prepared well. But, yeah, I'm I'm really excited um, about this year. Yeah, I reckon Spencer is probably one of the buyers of the off-season. Um, I think he's he's an outstanding get. He was he was amazing in that grand final. Uh, uh, Sats is pushing it all, all week and last week that Waria Hargrave should be playing in the game in Vegas, which is just absolute rubbish, Justin. He shouldn't be. He's got to serve his suspension. No, you do your crime. You do the time. He just wants him to be given a, a fine. Will you still take him to Vegas, or is he is he moping around the club like he's going to miss out? No, well, I hope Sats gets his way. I think we'll get Sats a job at the NRL as well, so we can get Jared <laughs> playing round one. But, um, no, he, he's still going to come over. Uh, he'll be still part of the... Security. You know, I think we're taking... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he'll be he'll be security for us. But yeah, he's he's part of the travelling uh, squad that we're taking over. Look, he's a great leader, as as you guys know. He's been playing a long time now, and he's got a lot of respect from from all the staff and players. So to have a, a guy like that um, with his experience on that on that trip will will be great for us. So he'll be there after the game, Justin. How long till you come home? Do you because you get the weekend off the following week, which is the rest of the round one competition. So do you stay over a couple of days or have they got you on a plane pretty much within 24 hours? Yeah, we come, we come home the next day. So we, we have plenty of time over there. I think we have 10 days in total. So we're oh, going well, well before, which is, which is great. I think we, we're based in LA for about a week and train the majority of the time there, then get to Vegas just for a couple of days. So yeah, only the one night after the game set. So I've already, uh, I've played the pokies for about 30 years. I plan on going in there just hoping there's a, there's a big link at the top that says 20 million or something. I'm just lucky enough to play one line, one credit and, and win the major link or something. So after a win, of course. Uh, yes. Win. Uh, you win some and you lose more. Um, I just want to add one other thing. Are you are you sharing the plane with the, the other teams? I'm not, I'm not too sure what, what flights they're on. I know I'm pretty sure we're all in the sort of same area once we get to Vegas, but I'm not too sure um, with the other three sides. I don't think they're all going directly the same time as us, no, and I don't think we're all staying in the same area in, until a few days out um, at Vegas. Who gets the business class seats, Pitsy? Who gets them? Yeah, no, I don't think I do, unfortunately. But well, you've only got um, little legs. You don't, you don't need yeah, the extra space. Right. No, that's all right. I don't complain. I'm just happy to be going. I'm pretty excited to be, to be on the trip. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure the players do, and they need it. Yeah, so they'll get looked after. And, um, yeah, just happy to get over there. Oh, look, I think it's great um, for the game. I just think even if you're back here, just, just something much more exciting about round one when mm. it's 
somewhere like that. So, you know, we're fortunate enough to be a part of it. But but even if we weren't, you know, a lot of people have asked me, oh, what's the point here, you know, and I, I think it's terrific. I think it's a great spark for, for our NRL season. And, and as a code, I think it's pretty exciting. And I think after the Super Bowl, too, it'll ramp up over there. Like, a lot of people are yeah. a bit quiet over there. I thought, well, they're their major games about mm. their their, their Super Bowl. I think after that, a bit like when our rugby league season finishes and you turn the telly on the next weekend, you're bored straight away. You go, isn't that footy on? So <laughs> I think once that happens over there, hopefully they go, you know, what we're going with these mad Australians uh, ash each other with no pads and helmet on. So hopefully it can really ramp up then. All right, mate. Good luck with it. Only four, can you believe it's only four weeks to go until the footy season kicks hey, off? How exciting, mate. Good luck with that trip to, to Vegas. And I look forward to my mighty bunnies taking on the Roosters in round three of the NRL. That'll be exciting. Absolutely. Hey, we'll let you go, Justin. Thanks for your time tonight on Sports Day, mate. Thanks, boys. See you later. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. Well, there's plenty on the plate of our next guest. We've moved on from the World Cup failure and the short-lived second coming of Eddie Jones. A new Wallabies coach has been appointed in New Zealand to Joe Schmidt, and now he faces financial headwinds. The next broadcast rights deal is crucial. Phil War is the CEO of Rugby Australia. Pleased to say he's on the line right now. Phil, thanks for your time. Thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, news came through that the Melbourne Rebels, Phil, entered voluntary administration. What can you tell us currently about their predicament? Will we see them in this upcoming Super Rugby competition? And then what about beyond that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, we're committed to delivering the 24 uh, Super Rugby season and uh, it's only a few weeks away. So, uh, yeah, we're working with uh, the Melbourne Rebels uh, and also uh, with the administrator, PwC. So, uh, yeah, working closely with them to uh, to solve for, for some of the challenges. Still very early days, but, you know, certainly the team have been training for some time. So uh, looking forward to uh, getting them on the field. Mate, you've come out of uh, you've come out of the banking sector. It's, it's it's like you've jumped out of the frying pan into the fire, jumping into this rugby CEO role. You're six months in. Uh, has, has it been everything that you've, you've expected? <laughs> oh, look, it certainly hasn't been without its challenges. But uh, <laughs> oh, look, I, I think uh, you know, certainly, uh, um, you know, looking forward to the arrival of Joe Schmidt and um, you know, got new new director of high. Peter Horn, uh, you know David Nisafora, who uh, implemented the Irish system that uh, that's done so well over the last period of time. So uh, yeah, hopefully we're putting the right uh, people in the right positions, and uh, and we can turn things around. But uh, we certainly know uh, that that uh, it's not going to be easy. Uh, we've got a lot of hard work to do, but uh, you know a big part of that, and uh, and you've played enough to play with enough people that uh, you know if you put, if you put the right people in the right uh, positions and uh, and you work hard enough as a team, then uh, you know hopefully things come together. Um, quicker than, uh, than than what everyone expects, but uh, we know it's not going to be easy. Yeah, mate, it's, um, it's certainly, like you said, not, not been without its challenges, mate. Now, I know Rugby Australia's TV deals based on five Australian teams playing in the Super Rugby Pacific, but I've always been of this opinion, he's more always better, he's more better. I mean, I just, I sometimes wonder if we haven't spread our talent too thin, lacking the competition at the, at the provincial level. Um, if If Melbourne can't, rectify their situation, their financial situation. Do you think it would be so bad if we just had four teams and sort of, I guess, tighten up that competition at that provincial level, give us uh, stronger teams and, and hence maybe a little bit more confidence when we put our Wallabies together? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, it's been a debate for some time. Obviously, uh, 
know, Super Rugby started with New Zealand with just five teams, um, and there've been five teams um, since 1996. So uh, you know, we've seen that consistency, and uh, and certainly not a dilution of talent uh, within the New Zealand provinces, and they've had great success over that time. Um, you know, we've gone from three to four to five, back to four, back to five, and. Um, yeah, you know, certainly something that uh, that we need to review. And you know, as, as you said, I think it's around uh, you know delivery of Super Rugby Pacific, and uh, you know with the inclusion of Moana Pacifica and uh, Fiji and Drua, uh, and you know also uh, you know discussions around uh, you know further expansion. Uh, you know what does the uh, makeup of uh, Super Rugby Pacific look like? So uh, look, I think right now um, you know a lot of uncertainty uh, yeah you know, within the, the current environment in Melbourne, which we're working through with uh, with the Rebels, but. Now, most importantly, uh, you know, I think when you look at the most successful teams in the world, you look at Ireland. Uh, you know, it's all about uh, you know the, the team, the teams in green succeeding. You look at New Zealand; it's all about the teams in black succeeding. And you know, certainly having that uh, that pathway to the teams in gold, uh, you know, being uh, as best uh, as we possibly can be, and uh, and world class again is our our focus. And um, you know, I think it's about us coming together and uh, coming together as a system, coming together across member unions. Super rugby clubs to uh, to get the right structure uh, that's going to drive success in in gold jerseys. Well, you know, you got to look at all the possibilities here. You know, worst case scenario, if if the rebels disappear, does that jeopardise rugby Australia's relationship with the Victorian government and, and potentially their reported what I think fifty million dollar offer to, to host a World Cup final? Can, can we look that far down the track? Oh, I think it's too early to uh, to talk to, about that, but. Um, yeah, we've got a really strong relationship with the Victorian government, and uh, and as we know, Melbourne you know, hosts international events uh, as as well as any uh, other city in the world. So, you know, the relationship there, and uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, the Victorian government's appetite for, for big events and major events, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll work through, um, you know, over the, over the next period of time. You know, it was only uh, six months ago that we had eighty four thousand people at the MCG for the for the first Blazers So, uh, you know, we we can certainly uh, you know, get a good crowd in Melbourne at the MCG. At uh, you know at, at uh, Marvel Stadium um, and Amy Park, we play against uh, Wales uh, in the second test against Wales at Amy Park this year in July. So you know we, we've got a good relationship and uh, and big events and big test matches uh, in the uh, Melbourne region is really important to us. Yeah, that's right. It, uh, it certainly does. They do, they do love their sport down there, Warrior. Now, mate, oh, I did want to congratulate you on the appointment of Joe Schmidt. Looking at his resume, it, it certainly seems like he's the guy to. To lead the Wallabies uh, out of the doldrums, what was it that the board saw in in Joe Schmidt and and, and in him gaining his appointment? Yeah, well, I think you look at his track record. He spent time in France at uh, Clermont Montferrand, did particularly well there. Then he went to Leinster and won European Championships. Uh, then went and coached uh, Ireland, uh, you know, for six years and had three um, Six Nations Championships. Um, went from there back to. Uh, New Zealand to Auckland, where uh, you know they won 15 games straight with the Blues, um, and then he jumped into the All Black environment that was probably going downwards a, a little bit at the time of, uh, of him joining the All Blacks, and uh, they turned around and you know, lost the, the final by points. Um, so his track record's uh, you know, particularly good, and you know if you think about uh, the coaching environment, and again you've seen this enough, it's uh, it's about the you know the, the, the team they put around them and uh, and creating an environment and, and culture that you know the best assistant coaches want to be a part of it and uh, he's got a track record of doing that as well so you know, it's, it's really exciting to have a, a coach of his experience and and that international experience because you know coaching super rugby is very different to uh, to coaching at uh, a test level and uh, he's had enormous experience and success at test level it is a sound appointment just more broadly everyone wants a successful wallabies team phil <laughs> Is there a mentality in Rugby Australia that you adopt almost a trickle-down effect? Like, it starts with the success of the Wallabies and then 
that success will filter its way down to super rugby and, and even a club rugby level just through, through memberships and attendance and general interest in the game? Yeah, look, it's sort of, you know, which way does it start? Like, I like to think about the, the game, uh, you know, starts, uh, you know, in, in, in juniors and, uh, and in the community. And, and I think one of the biggest challenges we've had is actually uh, or is, is reconnecting uh, the professional game with the amateur game. And I think, uh, you know, there's been a, a bigger and bigger gap every year um, between, uh, you know, the community and, and the professional game. So a big challenge for us is actually how do we, how do we reconnect and connect? So, uh, you know, most importantly is the community game and, and, uh, and, and grassroots and, uh, and the local rugby clubs. Um, but you know, certainly in terms of driving revenue, if you know, 80 to 85 percent of revenue comes from uh, from from the men's uh, 15 aside team, you know, it's really important that that team's succeeding so you can actually fund uh, the rest of the game. So it's not a uh, it's not it's not a simple solution, but uh, you know, we certainly need to get the Wallabies back up to you know where where the team once was because that drives a lot of interest, a, a lot of revenue. Uh, and allows us to fund uh, you know more and more into the community. But uh, you know, being being a Narrabeen Tiger when I was four, um, and uh, and still uh, you know on on uh, the sidelines of junior rugby clubs uh, today, I, you know, I still think that the game, um, you know, is is ultimately owned and uh, and and and, uh, and run by uh, by the community. And uh, it's really important that we keep investing into the community. Love the area, mate. You, you, I'm sure you own half an Arabian by now. But um, just to, just on uh, on the Joe Schmidt appointment, obviously you had great success in Ireland from 2013 to 19. Three Six Nations, won a Grand Slam. I mean, what what you, you must have, there must be plenty of optimism within Rugby Australia with this appointment. What, what, are the, what have you set some realistic expectations around what you expect? What would you like to see before the British and British Lions tour in 2025? I mean, where. Where is Rugby Australia at in that regard? I mean, I'm sure you can't expect you're not thinking we're going to come out and you know be undefeated until the Lions get here. But what's what's something that we can look forward to in terms of sort of some realistic expectations from this side? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of you, know, you look you look at uh, you know what he set up and uh, you know Andy Farrell's taken over and Andy Farrell came through under Joe Schmidt and uh, you know the team kept succeeding under under Andy now and. Uh, you know, what a great matchup when you've got Andy Farrell coaching the Lions and uh, Joe Schmidt will be coaching the, uh, you know, the Wallabies. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome matchup. You know, in terms of, you know, we've got to be patient. I think, you know, we've, we've probably gone for, uh, you know, quick fixes and, uh, you know, change the coach and things will, uh, will change. But we've got a lot of work to do in terms of building depth across the system. Um, but, uh, you know, if you look at the athletes, uh, if you get the right uh, uh, coaching team around, build the right culture, uh, get the right selections, and uh, you know the team weren't too far off. Uh, you know, only 12 months ago, so um, it can be pretty optimistic. You know, you can't forget also we we you know, almost beat the All Blacks in Dunedin, uh, you know, less than six months ago as well. So you know, the team's got uh, you know certainly got the ability to start bringing the team together in into the right culture, and um, you know, winning's a habit, losing's a habit. Unfortunately, at the moment uh, you're probably on the wrong side of um, of that bar, but uh, you know, I'm certainly very optimistic without over promising because we know we've got a lot of work to do, but. Um, you know, get the right culture and get the right uh, selections and, 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 you know, keep players on the field. And I think, uh, you know, things can turn hopefully reasonably quickly. And just lastly, Warry, uh, confirm or deny Joe Schmidt not a cattle prod user? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's sheep in New Zealand, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Plenty of challenges ahead for the sport of rugby in this country. Phil War, appreciate your time in the program today. Thanks, guys. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Yeah, chances are you're about to lose. Chris Nelson, um, I'll ask you, Scotty Sattler, mm-hmm. how's his uh, form been whilst I've been away? Terrible last week, but it's all right. We have those <laughs> days. He, outside of that, he's actually had some... <laughs> 
had some really good winners, really good tips. Really? Yeah, yeah. cop that. Absolutely. Cop that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first word, can I just remind you, the first word out of his mouth was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but he's only, you know, he can't see past last Saturday. He forgets about last week. He's yeah. just thinking about last Saturday. So, and that's fair enough. It was a tough day. I think we had six odds on favourites beaten or something last Saturday. So it wasn't the best of days for... Well, good day for bookies, put it that way. Well, I was telling Sats last night, Oddie, I was in a bar in Bali and they had like a bookmaker set up. And I'm going, how good's this? <laughs> it's like mm. it's like the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, mate, where are we racing this weekend? We are racing at Eagle Farm. That is our main meeting. And pleased to say the weather's all cleared up and we'll be back to a good track at Eagle Farm on Saturday. We've got another couple of meetings uh, around the place. Ipswich is another Saturday meeting. We race at Bundaberg on the sand. That's a tab meeting on uh, on Saturday. Uh, six races there at Bundy. And pleased to announce that Toowoomba is back after four weeks uh, renovation to the track after the King of the Mountain. So Saturday nights are all back to normal again. Uh, Toowoomba racing in the twilight zone. So they're the tab meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also got meetings at Dolby, Emerald and Innisfail. And we return to the Sunshine Coast on Sunday afternoon for a uh, seven racer, I think it is there. So... We've had a, a we've had sort of a low amount of meetings over the last few weeks, but we're getting back to normal now. Were there any of the uh, meets up in North Queensland that were interrupted last week? That were scheduled? No, we week? got through them all. Oh, no, wow. we got through them all. Okay, Sats. Yeah, we had uh, we had a meeting at uh, Cairns, but Cairns didn't really cop too much on uh, on Sunday, and then we had some earlier in the week that that didn't affect those areas. So the only the only meeting that was affected was Doombin, which was transferred from Wednesday to Thursday. Uh, this week. So all the others sort of escaped. But, yeah, there's plenty of rain around in certain areas, wasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. You didn't get any down your way. Oh, we got plenty. What are you talking about? Yeah, what's Not wrong on, with you? Um, plenty. You don't get Not it. On Tuesday. You don't get it on your cliff face uh, joint at Coolum yeah, Beach exactly. on the Sunshine Coast. looking at golf course. Well, it said yeah. one mil down your way. That yeah, doesn't seem please. like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> one metre. Uh, so uh, what are we putting our money on this weekend? All right, Eagle Farm. I think these will run really well. Race five, number two, <laughs> Captain Finkel. I didn't hear that. I'll pretend I didn't hear that. Race five, number two, Captain Finkel. Yeah. Race six, number 13, Lennox. Oh, favourite number. And, and Taylor Swift's favourite number too. What? 13. 13? Yep. Okay. And race eight, number nine, Belvedere Boys. We'll back that one each way. So five, number two, six, number 13, and eight, number nine. Beautiful. Rightio. Okay. And we're in for a big day. Oh, mate, I hope we are. Uh, chances are, though, you are about to lose for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. I'd like to reinforce that around any tips uh, that Chris if, Nelson gives. Lenny. If, if we do have a big day, I'll be the first to remind you come Monday. Oh, no doubt about it. So how we, how we rating? If not Saturday night. So that race <laughs> six, number 13, Lennox. Yep. Um, yes. So tell us about Boris Thornton. Uh, sorry, no, uh, S. Morrissey, the trainer. Scott Morrissey, he Scott trains Morrissey. down on the Gold Coast. Yeah, trains on the Gold Coast. Former Prime Minister? Uh, no. No, that's Morrison. Uh, no. <laughs> that's your mate. <laughs> that's Morrison. That's right. I've uh, told you no, that story. Uh, no relation. No relation at all. But he trains very well. He doesn't have a big team, but the team that he's got, he gets a lot out of them. And uh, he's got a nice mare there in Lennox who should be winning. Good stuff. Rightio. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is <laughs> racing today. Thanks, Nelson. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend.